All right, so I think we're recording. Um, it looks like it. Hey, so should we start it? <laughs> you're the host, man. Okay, great. You're, um, the, you're the host with the most. <laughs> <laughs> what up, what up, beautiful world? This is your very handsome host, Frankie Contreras, and I'm here with uh, our senior political correspondent, uh, Mr. Steve Desidore in the building. Live from the Capitol, like last time. From <laughs> the Capitol. From Washington. Uh, it is so cold. This is so much better than them. It than, is? Than what I'm used to, because when me and Joe used to record here in the summertime, it was sweltering. Like we would, we would be sweating. The windows would be foggy. It was insane. Well, that, that's not the other reason the windows were foggy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not starting that rumor. Am we, I? Don't, we don't speak about these things, baby. <laughs> um, but okay. Uh, so the reason why I brought you um, in here today um, is because I have a lot of questions. Uh oh. Um, I hope I have the answer. Literally everyone, I w- was telling me to go out and vote. Vote, 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 but I'm like, but why? Like, it's only we're only two years into Trump's presidency. I don't think we can do anything at this point. But there's something called mid-year, midterm elections. Midterm elections. And there that, you go. To me, that that those words never seemed of any importance to me. So why this year was this such a big deal? Well, this one there's such hyper. Uh, well, just real quick about this midterm election. Uh, I believe it it set records as far as participation. It got about 49% of the eligible population to get out and vote. That doesn't sound like a lot, but I believe it's usually something in the 30s, okay. uh, which which we hovered into. So this one, you had high participation. You had um, you had both sides really jazzed up about it. I think part of why it's uh, why this ter- this midterm felt so big was the fact that everyone is so kind of glued into politics now. It feels like it's everything we do. It's in your pop culture. It's in everything. It's social media. It's it's oh, it's. it's I feel like politics um, is like now like thirty to forty percent of social media now. Whenever yeah. whenever I go on Facebook, I was like, I never even knew a lot of my friends were that politically charged. Yep. Um, and I feel like it's because most of my friends are diehard against Donald Trump, so sure. like they're always picking fights with these. Um, uh, I, I guess you could say conservative. Sure. Um, and it's just like it's a mess. And it's like it certainly like, is. Isn't like isn't don't, aren't you exhausted after a certain point? Like you can't. You, there's nothing you can say that's gonna change the, this person's mind. So why even continue? You know? Why even continue debating on Facebook? Yeah, um, especially on social media. But I think that's why there's been such a high uh, voter uh, voter participation. Because hundred percent. Whenever I logged in on Instagram, that's everyone do- was doing the I voted stickers. Yep. Instagram was reminding me every two hours. Hey, did you vote today? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, did you, well, did Twitter. you vote? I yeah. Don't, oh, I you did. did. Good I for did. you. I did. I did. Uh, yeah. Uh, the guy I voted for didn't didn't win though. Um. So. I voted uh, for for uh, for um, the the libertarian uh, Larry oh. <laughs> Larry Sharp um, because you know so I literally saw everyone's and what they had to offer on the table. Larry Sharp, the libertarian, um, mentioned something about getting rid of standardized text testing, mm-hmm. and I th- thought that that was super important because that's such a flawed system. At least at least in my eyes, like I think the education system, at least New York wise, it needs uh, needs to be revamped. It's it's not sure. working. The, like the, the the current structure, how it is, I feel like it's just not working. Like we are we are we're producing, we're not producing intelligent people in a sense. I I, I don't think so. 
Sure, yeah, they produced <laughs> me, so it's, it's obviously not working very well. No, I mean, look, that that's an issue that's important to you. You're probably the first person I, I heard that voted for, for a libertarian yeah, this time so, around. So, so, no, well, um, so, okay, so I thought that he was going to have, like, a, like a, an upset because the way he was talking on Joe Rogan's podcast, mm-hmm. um, it made it seem like he had a huge force behind him. And I was like, mm. wow, this guy's going to... And he was like, yo, if if, I, if we win New York, it's going to shape America. It's going to... When I saw the results, he got 1.7%. Yep. <laughs> it was a very, uh, very small segment. I don't think like, there was a a, 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 a a groundswell of support for no, the libertarian candidate but, from New York. But but I feel like part of it was because he didn't even get a chance to debate uh uh, Cuomo. Like. Sure. I mean, that's that's the biggest structural problem of a third party candidate getting mm-hmm. in is they're not we, we, we're living in a duopoly where there's two parties that have, um, you know, that have a hold on our politics. It's very hard for a third candidate to to really make way. The Libertarian Party is probably the third biggest political party. But as you can see in New York, it's, it's about one point. It's, it's not even a, it's not even a thing. So. I feel like my vote, my vote was wasted then. So uh, that that one probably was, yeah. <laughs> so like, probably no probably for the uh, the next election, um, I probably I guess side with, uh, um, which I think I do. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I probably would would go for for Democrat because that's it would make the most sense. Um, yes. Yeah. If you're looking to stop him. Yeah, yeah. You, the only party that will have a chance to is the Democrat. Is a Democrat. Yeah. So okay, so. I voted in. I saw everyone was happy. You know, mm-hmm. they, they got their stickers and things like that. What? Um, so I, I think I already kind of alluded to who won New York, and everyone should know that by now. It's well, cool. Andrew Cuomo yeah. won the governorship. Yeah. yeah. Um, so how? The, how? Uh, that was expected for New York, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, New York is uh, is one of the most liberal states in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the city, you know, the, the way our politics are now. Um, and, and you saw this kind of play out throughout the midterms. Um, but the way our politics are is states that have cities that are big enough are very liberal states. Mm-hmm. States that don't really have a high populous city are very conservative. So a state like New York, we have, what do we have? We have New York City, right? Yeah. There's enough votes in this city alone where if Cuomo didn't get a single vote north of the Bronx, he would have still been the, the, the governor of the yeah. state. And that, that kind of is the story of our politics now where, like I said, if the state has a city big enough, it's a very liberal state. So New York, um, in the statewide elections, especially the governorship, the attorney general race, um, the senator race, it's a, it's the, the Democrats will be in power for the foreseeable future. Is it, is, is it safe to say that kind of like whatever happens in New York is a tell for what's going to happen for the rest of the nation? And that no, but that's a great question. So New York is a solidly blue state. Mm. Um, New York will no no Republican. It, so if, for Trump going to run in 2020 part of his strategy will not be to win new york he knows that he's not gonna he has no chance of winning the state of new york even though he has a a nice building here right (laughs) whichever yeah (laughs) constantly processed yeah we we could do a whole series of episodes about how the guy from new york city is the most popular in you know missouri and tennessee he's a home alone man (laughs) yeah I wonder. I wonder if that movie is still going to hold up. Like, uh, you know, that scene where Kevin runs into Trump. Of course. If that if, if that's going to still have the same kind of warm feeling. Like, oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't think, think so. it does. I don't, I don't think, think it does for especially in this zip code where there's a, for the liberals showing their kids that show they might try and cut that scene out of the movie. <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> the liberal version, <laughs> the liberal version, where it's uh, it's Hillary Clinton that it is that they run into uh, in that seat. This is like a young Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> would you like Would you like some lozenges? He just like reaches into his pocket, gives like like like, like those grandma candies. Bernie Sanders giving out lozenges. Maybe he would have won the Democratic primary if he was giving those out. Oh, That'd man. be great. So okay, so uh, you mentioned that. Uh, big uh, states with big cities mm-hmm. tend to be more liberal. Correct. So then, what the hell is happening in Florida? Florida uh, has Miami, Orlando, sure. Tampa, Tallahassee, I believe. <laughs> yes, okay. you're, you're right. You yeah. got them all. So okay, but, so Florida. Why is this such every single election is such a mess? It, yeah, it's always oh, like what's going. What's happening? Are they counting the votes of the, of the dead people that retired? Like, <laughs> what's happening? Well, right now, uh, so you know, right now we're still gathering the facts about what's happening. Unfortunately, there's some late ballots coming in from Broward County, um, Palm Beach County, two uh, more high density Democrat counties, mm-hmm. um, and so on election night, the, the the controversy in Florida right now is on election night, the governor candidate. Uh, Ron DeSantis and the Senate candidate Rick Scott, both Republicans, um, were essentially called victors that evening. Yeah, they had they had essentially won the race. However, in the days as you know, some of the absentee ballots came in, and some of the other some of the other ballots that were from Broward County and uh, Palm Beach County, again two pr- uh, predominant Democrat county uh, counties. The the Democrats Andrew Gillum for the governor race and Bill Nelson, the incumbent senator. Um, they started to narrow the gap. Mm-hmm. And so right now it's within, I believe it's a half percentage point, half a percentage point, um, which means that under state law, an automatic recount was triggered. Now, because the Republicans won, they're immediately jumping to say they're crying foul, saying that, you know, it could have been voter fraud. Why are these votes coming in? And obviously Trump is getting involved and in saying that it could be, you know, fraud or something like that. But the, should you think that I feel like he shouldn't have should do that because isn't he of kind of not. undermining the process of of one hundred percent? I feel like he doesn't believe in the process. On, in the, well, he wants to win, as does Rick Scott, as does Ron DeSantis. They want to win. They were call, in fairness, they were called the victors on election night. Uh-huh. Um, but not all the votes have been tallied. They thought that, and now you mentioned a bunch of big cities in Florida. You mentioned Miami, Tampa, Tallahassee, uh-huh. etc. But Florida, what Florida is, what's co- now? You had a great question earlier about if New York, if, if you asked if essentially if New York votes a certain way, does that kind of a bellwether of the rest of the country? Yeah. Florida is typically your perfect bellwether because if you look at its politics, it's basically yeah. split down the middle. Now, Florida is a big state, high populous. It has a couple big cities, but it also has a ton of rural area. You get up north in Florida, you get up in the Panhandle, you get in Central Florida. So you, you, you can divide Florida into a couple different states. Yeah. The votes in its cities aren't enough to carry itself. Neither are the, the rural parts. So it's kind of split down the middle. So something that confuses me about the, the, the people of Florida in particular, and sure. particularly like the, the Latino and Hispanic sure. population, a large number of them voted Republican. Yes. And it's just like, where, why? It's like... Like I don't know if because I was reading a few articles like yep. how like um, some people were calling the the, the Latinos in Florida kind of like whitewashed, like, hmm. like they don't really consider themselves, um, you know, as part of the overall culture. Right. Um, you're voting for uh, someone who wants to end 
um, citizenship for for Latinos. It's it's directly right sure. at Latinos, and yet you're still voting Republican. So. I don't really understand what's going on in Florida. What is is in the is it in the water? Well, I, I can't speak to the uh, I can't speak for everything in Florida. But what I can say is, from what I understand, uh, is part of the Latino population in Florida. And you brought up a great point. Is typically the demographics are if you know the Latinos are the Latin vote is essentially a huge voting block for the Democrats. But in Florida, it's a little different, mm-hmm. um, which is why Florida has also started to tilt a little more conservative over the last couple of election cycles. Mm. For example, you look at someone like Marco Rubio. His fa- he, he's a Florida senator. Um, his family fled Cuba. Yeah. So I think from what I understand, a big part of, of why a, a decent amount of the Hispanic population in a state like Florida is they are Cuban refugees. And from when from the time they came to this country from Cuba, that was, you know, during the, the Cold War where they were where the where the Cubans were allied with the Russians. Yeah. And historically the Republican Party um, is much more was has always been known as strong standing up to communism. So especially in the 80s during the Reagan era, there were a lot of Hispanic Republicans. So some of that might be legacy. Obviously, Trump is a little is very different than Ronald Reagan yeah. or, or the, the more classic Republicans on, on issues like immigration. Um, but th- there, you brought up a great point. Florida does have a very high at least a bigger percentage than normal of Latinos who vote for Republicans. Yeah, that's true. So, so essentially, then, as as the overall overall um, the results of the of the midterm elections, mm-hmm. um, you know, as mentioned, forty nine percent voter turnout. Sure. Um, did is the Democrats win that or like what's the? So this one this one felt like a bit of a split decision for some folks. Uh, you, you're hearing, you can basically, however you want to look at this election, you could look at good news for each side. Mm-hmm. The Democrats were able to get back the House of Representatives, mm-hmm. which essentially puts a break on a lot of things Trump wants to do, at least legislatively. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, if they want to go to Obamacare, it's not going to happen because Democrats now have the House of Representatives. They could stop it cold. Um, so can you explain that a little bit? Um, so what is the House of Representatives? Sure. So the House of Representatives is a part of the legislative branch. It's the uh, lower chamber of the Congress. Mm-hmm. So you have, two, you have two chambers. You have the House of Representatives and you have the United States Senate. The House of Representatives is, is comprised of 435 members, uh, and, they're representative, and they are voted on at the district level. Okay. So in New York, I believe we have 27 or 25. 27 congressional districts. So that means essentially each district is comprised of about 770,000, give or take, people. So in New York, you kind of divide the population evenly and you get our, you get our 27 congressional representatives. Okay. So it's not statewide. Like, a, like senators are voted at the state level. Uh-huh. Kristen Gillibrand here in New York, Chuck Schumer here in New York, they're voted on by every member in New York. Uh-huh. By, by excuse me, by every citizen in New York, but in each district, yeah, that's where we elect our con- congressional representatives. Okay, and then that's like a predominantly now Democrat. Yes. So after, as of a week, as of a week, as of last week, the Democrats now have control of the House of Representatives, which was uh, before D- Donald Trump and his party controlled everything. Hmm. Now the Democrats have a seat at the table. So before 
even though people may not agree with Donald Trump, you know, the fact that he is on our team, they kind of were like, all right, we'll, we'll allow this to happen. Kind of, that's how the Republicans view it. At, view I, it as. I think that's a fair. I think that's a very fair, um, a very fair representation of the things, at least in the beginning. Because then now they're kind of, you know, there were there were a lot of Republicans who didn't like his style, mm -hmm. who maybe didn't like his um, the way he would tweet or some of the divisive things he would say. Mm -hmm. um, but they would say, look, he's a Republican. He'll appoint the judges we want. He'll, you know. He'll be our puppet, in a sense. Ex exactly. We'll write the legislation. He'll pass it. Okay. Or he'll sign it into law. So, yeah, I think that's a fair way to look at it from that perspective. All right. So so then now it's kind of, it's, you, you would say it was even then. So Republicans. So um, the Republicans were able to hold on to the Senate. Okay. So the Democrats were able to win back the House of Representatives, but the, but the Republicans were able to actually pick up some seats in the Senate. Now, going just to dovetail on a point I made earlier, the Republicans who won, they were able to beat Democrats in states where they are much more rural states. Missouri, North Dakota, um, Florida, they're still working on, and um, Indiana. So those are four more rural states, less bigger cities that could, uh, less cities where the Democrats have a big enough voting population to be able to um, make up the vote in the rural areas. So those were four states where Democrats had, where, where they had seats in the Senate, but then lost those seats. Okay. So the Democrats were able to win back some of the more uh, urban and suburban seats, mm -hmm. which allowed them to gain power back in the House, but actually helped, made them lose grip on their chance at winning the Senate. Okay. So what does this mean moving forward, though? So now, because sure. from my perspective, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's very positive about what just happened. Right. Because, um, you know, I, you know, I am Democrat. Oh, I'm a Democrat. Mm -hmm. um, Other than you vote for the Libertarian. <laughs> Other than my vote for the Libertarian. I really liked um, his stance on, on um, getting rid of standardized testing. Hey. I think it's ridiculous. Hey, that's uh, good that he, you were informed on that issue. and Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Cuomo is not the best out there, but you know, I don't know. I I, I kind of wanted some some change in a sense, okay. um, and I thought that it was going to be something like a bigger number than one point seven percent. But hey, I could have told you, I could have told you before it would have been like that. But. Yeah. Um, so everyone, all my friends, uh, most of my inner social circles are very happy about what just happened. Sure. Um, they think that now they have a chance of, at overthrowing the Republicans um, at in 2020. Is, mm -hmm. is that a fair view of things, or or is it like now more even? Um, I think <laughs> we are in a very polarized political moment in our country. Mm -hmm. So the Democrat, like I said, the Democrats do have reason to be excited about what happened last week. Yeah. There were some good signs that play ahead to 2020, mm -hmm. but the Republicans can look at it and say, look, the people who supported Trump really came out to support him. Yeah. And part of why I think this election had such high voter turnout was because, look, Trump, people either love him huh? and the people that love him ran out there to vote for Republicans to yeah. have his back. Uh -huh. And the Democrats who don't like him really don't like him. So... Typically in midterms, you'll see one side not as motivated to go out. Yeah. This side, this time, both sides were motivated to go out. Is so, it, is is it crazy that, you know, given all that Trump has done, mm -hmm. that he's still 
has this huge because like every every article I read his yep. um his favorability uh, percentage rate uh, what do you mm-hmm. call that uh, the favorability rating yeah. yeah 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 that's very low it's like the lowest in in the history of presidents yet this, he can get people to come out and support him I don't understand it where's like what do you think is happening here well he does have if you look at his average it's somewhere between it, it like his polling average doesn't seem to go below about 35 percent it doesn't seem to go above 42 percent there are some and that's normal usually that well he he's it's lower than average Mm -hmm. but the people who love trump like i said really love him really so he's not going anywhere below 33 percent which no matter how many people hate him it's not going below there because the people who love him really love him and they don't seem to show any sign that they're going to leave him yeah so and he's also morphed the Republican Party to it's the Trump Party. Yeah. So within his party, there's no, there's no really we're standing up to him. It's becoming more we're like him. Hmm. So he, he, you know his his favorability can be low, but like I said, his party still has the Senate. He's still kind of untouchable. <laughs> You know, I mean, the Democrat. Even if the Democrats in the House want to impeach him, it would require some twenty Republicans crossing over, which yeah, nobody so, could really yeah, see yeah. at this point. Yeah, the, 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 uh, for our viewers here, the last time Steve was here, we kind of mm-hmm. kind of delved into a little bit about what impeachment is and mm-hmm. how likely that possibility is. I think now is even less likely. Oh, I mean, yeah, it, it's the you you might say that it's more likely now because the Democrats at least have power in one chamber; they mm-hmm. have the House of Representatives. But, again, the Republicans have the Senate, and it would require 20 Republicans coming across, because you need 67 senators to vote to impeach, to convict, to remove from office. And the party's becoming more like Trump, not less like him. So you're going to—if even if it goes through the House and he's impeached, I don't see 20 Republicans crossing over to vote to remove him. It's just—it's yeah. ludicrous. Yeah, it, yeah. That's not going to happen. Um, so— what, what some of the things that I've been um, reading up on about like what the like Democrats are trying to do um, is that now they made it um, is it true that they made it legal now that they have to show Trump's um, tax forms or something like that? Well, no, they they didn't not yet. But what they're talking about is now that they have power mm-hmm. in the House of Representatives, they could subpoena those that information mm-hmm. and that that'll that might be a longer court battle yeah uh, as to whether the the as to whether the um democrats can actually do that um but that's certainly something they want to find out so and 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 they may have the power because they have the house of representatives to be able to subpoena for that information oh well you, well you mentioned court like like if i was trump's lawyers i'd probably make that process as long as oh, possible absolutely like maybe, <laughs> like maybe <laughs> so i don't think that's a, a vile a thing that we'll see anyway in the near future and, and here's the thing i mean part of what trump has done that's kind of went unreported because you know we're all caught up in the tweets he said this this is how he's fighting with this person is he's appointed so many judges not just to the Supreme Court. Kavanaugh obviously got a lot of coverage. Um, Neil Gorsuch obviously got a lot of coverage. Those were his two Supreme Court picks. But he appointed a lot of people to lower-level federal courts that he's been able to just... Um, he's essentially remaking the judiciary. Hmm. So if these fights get caught up in the courts, the Democrats might have less power than they actually think. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're actually going to take a quick, quick break right here. Cool. Um, we're going to go into a quick commercial break. We'll be right back to Adult Kindergarten, uh, the podcast that will make you just a, just a little bit less dumb. We hope so. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back, guys. At Fly US, your business is important to us. That's why we treat you like shit. We know you have a choice when choosing an airline. Awful, dreadful, or terrible. And we promise you, we're striving to be awful. Fly US. Sit back, relax, and shut up. Hi, I'm Sue Murray, and I want to be your next governor. I know how to lead from the front. I used to be a school teacher. Many of our leaders aren't doing their homework or studying like they should. You're not living up to your full potential. I know how to use third grade academic terms and talk down to a room of hyperactive, immature morons to get what I want. I can get things done. I'll make sure the 1% looks after the rest of us like they should. That you get what you deserve from people that work hard. Vote for me for governor. Finally, you can play video games without gameplay. Available on the drone and all overpriced tablets, it's Digifarm. All the mind-numbing tedium of an agrarian lifestyle combined with the soul-crushing loneliness of the internet in a game truly worth 99 cents. Digifarm. Finally, you're actually watching the grass grow under your feet digitally. I'm a tiny farmer. I click on buttons and watch plants grow. If I get bored, there's it has an incredible sense of achievement. Buy sprites. Feel better about yourself. Do it again. Awesome. The Digi family of mobile games. It's a revolution in human interaction. It's a revolution in social. Hey, welcome back to Adult Kindergarten, the podcast that'll make you the littlest dumb. Um, this is your very <laughs> handsome host, Frankie Contreras, and I'm here with... Steve Dizidor. Yes, our I'm senior happy. political correspondent. I'm we're happy on, to be back. We're live from Washington, D.C. That's right. We're and outside the Capitol. Yes. Uh, Outside of the Capitol. But it, we're in a nice and toasty crack house. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like like I was t- talking about Steve over the break. You know, I I, I feel I really feel stupid um, about the whole my, my libertarian vote um, for Larry Sharp. Um, but I, I don't know. I really like some of some of his like main stand, like, points about the education system. About because it is. Well, a I, I don't blame you. We're trying to make people less dumb here. So y- if education is important to you, yeah, like uh, he so want, that issue mattered to you. He said something about like free, free education, and honestly, I had no idea how he was going to make that work. But so I'm I'm interested. I didn't really read into much of this guy's program because I never took him. Seriously, I knew Cuomo was going to win. Um, you know, you look at New York, and you know, it, it's kind of a snooze fest. I knew Cuomo was going to win that one big, so mm-hmm. I didn't look too much into the Libertarian. Yeah. Um, but y- y- you mentioned as a Libertarian, he was laying out a program to free education. Yeah. So he uh, he said he wanted to get get rid of of, of this whole like um, this the structure of uh, eight years in grammar school. Four years of high school, four years of college, mm-hmm. like, like that's that kind of blueprint. He wanted to make it so that, you know, you do your eight years of grammar school, and then you have a choice of doing a you know, two year at two years at a trade school, um, that's pay, paid by the state, mm-hmm. or if you wanted to, you know, do the military right then and then, if you wanted to do college for two years, you wanted to get rid of um, electives, um, like general electives. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, yeah, like do it. Like, <laughs> um, I know New York has this thing now where like 
I guess college is free if you're. Uh, um, yeah, if um, your family makes, uh, I believe, if your family income is lower than one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, which is most of us. Yeah, and <laughs> that would have been, Cuomo. That would have been nice if you did that. You know, uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago yeah. when I was going to college. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, more yeah. years than I, I care to mention how many years ago it was now. But yeah. No, but still, like, um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like our generation is mm-hmm. kind of in a fucked up bubble. Like, cause we we are are asked out. Like the you know, people that are going to college now are going to be in a much better position when they graduate. Um, most of them are going to be in a much better position. In New York State, are you New, talking New about? York State, yeah, yeah, yeah. Much Absolutely. better position than we are now. Cause <laughs> they got no loans. Yeah. Yeah, they have no loans. I was, was apartment hunting the other day. Oh. Yeah, the cheapest. I just wanted one room. I, I'm a very simple guy. Yeah. I would like to assume, see myself as a, maybe like a, a minimalist in a sense. Yeah. Um, the cheapest, smallest room I can find in Brooklyn, and it's yeah. not even a great neighborhood in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, nine hundred dollars for 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 a room. That's small. actually a great deal. Not that's a lot of money, man. It absolutely is. Because I have to still pay four hundred dollars in student loans. I yep. have gas, electricity, cable, Netflix, you know, a car. Netflix. <laughs> we need a Netflix. Look, you can't bounce the. You know you're in. <laughs> you know when you can't pay the Netflix bill. That's when you fucked up. When like, the eight dollars or well, no, no Netflix no, no. is Netflix is nine now. Th- it's even more than that, I think. It's three cartons of milk. <laughs> That's what it costs. Okay, yeah, sure. And it's like three cartons of milk. And now soy milk or. Soy milk or uh, almond milk. I'm more of an almond, almond milk guy. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good it's, stuff. It's better for your 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 gut biomes and stuff. Mm. Yeah, that's why we gotta do an episode on that. Yeah, we could. We could. What are we doing with this nonsense? <laughs> we gotta do an episode on the biomes, man. <laughs> I mean, we could do, we could do that. Um, but yeah, man, like it's impossible for someone my age. So, so that's just one room. Imagine uh, as a, being a single um, adult male. Um, Trying to find an apartment to himself, the cheapest thing I could find was two two grand two two like twenty one hundred a month for a two bedroom for a one bedroom apartment like mm. like a bedroom kitchen living room, like a, an apartment yeah like, yeah like you know oh so the nine hundred was just for like a studio you're saying no it was just a room one room yeah and then you 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 had to live with two randoms oh okay yes 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 I got you now yeah so okay you I thought you were saying a one bedroom for nine hundred I was like that's actually a really oh good... no that's amazing huh? that's I was not... gonna say holy Christmas yeah, yeah. and you're like ah, no but yeah th- okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so you sharing an apartment with two people you don't know very well, mm-hmm. <laughs> most likely, and that's that, that, that's how people have to live now. And I feel like if you don't want to live like that, then go find a girlfriend or, or boyfriend. Um, or and balls, then, or do whatever you gotta <laughs> do. Whatever you gotta do. Twenty eighteen. <laughs> We're in New York City. Exactly. So. Get a lease. And most relationships, I feel like, are because of that. Like they stay together because they don't want to break the lease. It's just like, yeah, I don't. There's no love in this relationship anymore. This is literally, I, I have oh, nowhere man. else to live, and oh, you pay God. half the rent and the bills. We have to make this work. Wow. No, that's that's what it, I think. That's what it is in New York, at least. Um, <laughs> and then so you, and then, how do you expect us to buy homes? Frankie killing love for everybody <laughs> out there. For, uh, you're a true romantic. How how do you expect us to buy homes? Like. As I mentioned before, um, what's going on with the housing housing situation? Well, as we were talking in the um, in the break yeah. during the commercials, um, <laughs> housing prices continue to soar mm-hmm. while wages continue to stagnate. Yeah. Now, look, I'm not an economist. Yeah. 
Um, but <laughs> that's not good. I mean, I don't think anybody like so if nobody if we're not making money at a rate that's keeping up with the cost of living, yeah. an apartment, mm-hmm. a house, what's going to happen to all those houses? And and, and my neighborhood, because um, I'm I'm from Washington Heights. Um, there's a neighborhood um, in Wood. Um, it's it just got rezoned now mm-hmm. for luxury luxury apartments, luxury yeah. housing. So that's that's gonna kick out a shit ton of people. That's gonna be even more gentrification. Yep. Um, all of our minority groups that don't make as much money are gonna be continually to be pushed out. And we're all being pushed out to the Bronx. But even now, the Bronx. So the is- Bronx. Look, any borough. <laughs> You know, look, any city, that's where the young, our generation wants to live. Mm-hmm. And so that's where all the companies are investing. Look, at, for example, today, Amazon, HQ2, mm-hmm. one of them is going to be in Long Island City. Yeah. So what do you think that's going to do to the area around it? Long Island if, City is the beautiful place to live. Of if you course. Can, if you can get in there, I would, I would get in there now. Now, it's already up and coming like Brooklyn yeah. was a couple years ago. Yeah. You put that... In there, housing prices are going to shoot up. You're going to see more gentrification. You're going to see more um, dislocation of people that have lived there forever. Um, yeah, it's uh, not, not looking good. Well, so you're right. So you're, you, but the the thing is, for these companies are doing this to get the talent because people our age want to live in the cities. Yeah. So what that's doing is it's kicking out the people that have lived there their whole lives. So the, the, this thing, like we, we're, we're, I feel like we're our generation is, is such a, at a loss that we we look up and we look for help from from the government. So that's why I feel Absolutely. like that's why I feel like this this election was even more charged because it's like I need help. <laughs> like I need something yeah. to do something forgive my loans. Well, you <laughs> saw you saw a surge in in youth in younger vote, right? Yeah. And, and it's part of why the Democrats did well was, you know, younger people voted and that's a typical democratic yeah. voting block. So 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 what not to take us off that, but cuz that's a pretty interesting conversation too. No, no, no. So like so I, I guess riding off those curtails, what does this this midterm mean for 2020? Like, ah. like how does this Great question. What does this do for that? So what this does for 2020 is like I said, if you're a Republican and you want to look at good news from Tuesday, you have some. If you're a Democrat, you have some good news you could look forward, you could you could look to and say, hey, we're looking good for 2020. What I've always said about Trump is he is the hardest politician ever to pick because he's done things and said things that no politician has ever thought to do and got away with, and he's gotten away with all of it. So to me, I look at Tuesday, and I think there are a lot of warning signs for someone like Donald Trump, and the reason is he lost big time in the suburbs. Uh He lost big time in the suburbs. Like I said earlier, the cities are all Democrat. The rural parts are all Republican. The battlegrounds are in the suburbs now. Uh And the Democrats won the House because they won, they ran the... They ran the table in a lot of these suburban districts, yeah. right outside the cities. Yeah. The com- you know the bedroom, you know the family homes, you know, and the so in the, you know where the young, prof- you know, young professional family people live. Yeah, which were typically Republican areas, all moved way away from Donald Trump mm. and voted for Democrats, and it's part of why Democrats have the House. Now, if they vote for Democrats in by the percentage that they did in 20 by the percentage that they did on Tuesday in 2020 Donald Trump is in real trouble 
Okay. If he loses those swing voters, and, and one thing about Donald Trump is it doesn't look like his appeal to voters has broadened. It's narrowed. He, he is president today largely because he won Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania by a combined under 80,000 votes. The Democrats last week won Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. Governor races, Senate races, those are statewide races that yeah. everybody votes in. Yeah. So those three states alone switch right back to the Democrats. Mm. So it might not have even been as much as that they love Trump in those states as much as they just didn't like Hillary Clinton. So if the Democrats get a candidate that can win those three states, it doesn't look like he's going to put any of the other the blue states on the map. If they just win those three back, the Republicans and Donald Trump can be in big trouble. The Democrats also won a, uh, a Senate seat in Arizona, and that's a seat given the and that's a state given the demographics of the state. Democrats feel good about. If the Democrats win Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona, that's ball game. They win in 2020. So, so I feel like uh, like this was a good uh, testing ground because one thing that I noticed with the Hillary versus Trump election mm -hmm. was um, that there was a, a large number of people voting for third parties. Um, like, for example, in Utah, a third party won. Uh, Didn't win, but got a large share of the vote. Yeah, yeah. Didn't win, got a lot of large share of yeah, the yeah. vote. Yeah, yeah. Well, Evan McMullen. Yeah, yeah. Evan McMullen. Yeah. So, uh, so it could happen. <laughs> so, but the thing is, like, people just didn't like Democrats. Mostly, just didn't like Hillary Clinton. Um, they didn't like Trump. So they were they they didn't so just they voted for a third party because sure. so, so that's kind of kind of like what so I did. So someone like you, yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> someone who think no, someone who <laughs> thinks like you. Let's say um, you're uh, a Democrat, typically mm -hmm. um, in Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, one of those states. Yeah. And you're not uh, in love with whoever the Democrats nominate. Yeah. And you decide you're going to vote for a third party. You not voting for that candidate Is can me. really turn the election the other way. And yeah. one of the part of the reasons why um, some people, well, definitely one of the one of the factors why Trump won was enough people who were typically Democrats. Just didn't just didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Part of that was because of the Bernie Sanders thing. There was, you know, they, they were a lot of Bernie Sanders voters were very disaffected with the way the primary turned out. So some people were disillusioned by it and they voted third party or they didn't vote. That's or, what happened, I think. That's part of it. Yeah, because I, I was kind of disillusioned with, with Cuomo in a sense a little bit because I was like, I just, you know, like. And I just want something different, you know. Fix the MTA. <laughs> like tired, yeah, well, I, yeah. I'm tired of waiting. I, I, if, let me tell you something. If that libertarian candidate fixed the MTA, he'd have my vote and everybody else's vote too. It's just I don't he'd know. Turn the state gold, you know. I would just like to be able to stand in a subway platform and not have worry about rats, you know, walking walking up to me asking me for you know two dollars. Infrastructure. That's a great point you bring up. I think part of just to take that issue. I think part of why. Uh, part of Trump's appeal was he was kind of from the outside. He was going to come in and, mm -hmm. you know, shake up the place. One of the things he had mentioned was, you know, he wanted to build infrastructure. He wanted to put federal money into rebuilding the country. If he wanted to, he wanted to build a wall, but... I he don't wanted know. to... Well, sure, yeah, of course. That was the signature. So yeah. it's, it's been two years. Yep. <laughs> what has been... Nothing's been done with the wall yet, right? There's been no legitimate like plan. Well, the, the money from Mexico, as he said, <laughs> you know, who was going to pay for it? That is, not, it's not obviously happening. that hasn't come in. Yeah. Um. So I mean, look that, and that's a great point because that was like his signature promise. Yeah. The Democrats winning the House 
all but guarantees that wall ain't getting built yeah. by 2020. So what, what? Like if he goes to his base and says, I told you we were going to build a wall. Hey, man, it's been four years, you know, by 2020. They'll say, where's the damn wall? How? Do, um, how, how what's your take on, on his thing about, um, you know, if you are an immigrant, an illegal immigrant, and mm-hmm. you are pregnant and you have a baby in America, mm-hmm. no automatic citizenship. What do you feel about that? That was, okay, uh, other than my personal disagreement with the position which yeah. it, i think it's a, a you know that's it's in the constitution yeah, yeah you know it's birthright citizenship if you're born in the country you're a citizen boom that's it end of discussion and um but why he was doing that when he mentioned that it was right near an election he was trying to rev up his mm. you know if you remember right before the election it was all about the caravan and yeah. how that was in, he was trying to drum up his support as much as he could, as much of his people to get out. And right now, the Republican Party is, I'm not saying this to, but just the truth is, their party is more driven by racial politics. Like fear. Exa- fear of the other. Yeah. Which is why their closing argument wasn't, hey, we cut taxes, hey, we've done this. It was all about you know, vote us in there so we'll protect you from the caravan, we'll end the birthright citizenship. And that was their their last-minute pitch. And because they know what motivates their side to get out. So that's why, you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, Trump's pol- politics or Trump kind of represents, you know, the the racist. The, uh, that's, that's, that's who, you know, like the KKK or the, you know, Ku Klux that's that's their man, the you know, yeah. Trump. But he constantly, he consistently, has he on paper refuted them? Has he? I don't, I don't know. I mean, he does this weird thing where he'll kind of play footsie with them. <laughs> you know, he doesn't actually uh, come out and condemn them, yeah. right? Because he knows he has a decent amount of support with them. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, but if you look at his program, it's... I mean, look... I, yeah, there's a lot of stuff he does that's really kind of racist. Like, yeah. it, look, I don't, I'm not one to to say that about somebody I disagree with politically. But how can you look at what he does and not say that it's rooted by racism? Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah, you know, it is. Um, one thing I, I wanted to kind of touch upon was like recently, and we could we could play a clip of it. That's I not an invasion. Should, honestly, uh, I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. All right. And if you did it well, your ratings well, let me would be ask, much if better. I, if I may okay, ask one enough. other question, Mr. President, if I may, if I may uh, ask Peter, one other question, are you worried? Of, that's enough. That's no, enough. Mr. President, I, well, that's I was going to ask one of the other folks. That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. I'm, I'm, Mr. Excuse President, me. That's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question, if go. I may ask, on, on the Russia investigation. Are you concerned that... That you may have I'm not concerned about anything with you the Russian investigation because it's a hoax. Are you, That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? Mr. President. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. I, I think that's unfair. You're a very rude person. The way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. Go ahead. In, in, Go in ahead, Jim, Peter. Go in, ahead. In Jim's defense, I've traveled with him and watched him. He's a diligent reporter who busts. Well, I'm not like a big fan of, of yours either. So I understand. To be honest. So let, me, so let me ask you a question, if I can. You repeatedly you said. Are, you are the best. Mr. President, you repeatedly, over the course okay, of. Okay, just sit down, please. Well, when you when you report fake news, no. 
When you report fake news, which CNN does a lot, you are the enemy of the people. Go ahead. Mr. President, over the course, over the course of the last... Is that within his right, in a sense? No, it's not within his right. Okay. But, uh, look, Donald Trump does a lot of stuff that's not necessarily <laughs> within his right. It, that doesn't really matter to him. Yeah. He's all about power. He's a political animal just about raw power. Mm. And if you're not going to stop him... He's gonna do it. There was a there was a clip though how the the White House kind of edited, yep. um, you know, uh, the intern taking away the microphone from yep. from the reporter, and they kind of edited it so that it looked like um, the reporter kind of like really nudged the woman in you know in a really forceful way. Right. But um, you know, there was a um, an actual video editor who you know who's very proficient in in that kind of thing. He was able to say, well, no, that's Adobe Photoshop. That's a Adobe Premiere. Like, you, I can do that. He, they cut up a clip. They sped it up. Mm -hmm. They did uh, certain types of rendering. Yeah. And, you know, that's how they, were, they created the, this clip so they can, you know, propagate this this narrative. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of crazy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's kind of tools of an authoritarian regime, not of a, you know, a president uh, of the United States. And that's, you know. The, you know, speaking speaking of, <laughs> of authoritarian regimes, uh, what's good with the, with the Mueller thing? Well, hey, back to the Russia probe. Sure. <laughs> uh, so he was kind of um, the last couple months. It's kind of been quote the silent period mm -hmm. uh, because it was uh, right before the election. Robert Mueller didn't want to look like he was putting his thumb on the scale of an election, especially after 2016 where the Comey letter came out, and a lot of people believe that might have helped turn uh, the election towards Donald Trump. Uh, Bob Mueller has been um, quiet uh, so as not to – because let's say, for example, there was an indictment he wanted to bring, and that came like the week before the election. That could have maybe hurt the Republicans if you know somebody – near Trump um, were indicted. So he's been, he was quiet on that front for a while. The investigation is, is ongoing. Um, but I think the most immediate, um, the most immediate questions about it are how does Trump deal with it? Yeah. Does he try to move to ax Mueller now that he, he might, what I've, something I think could be possible is Trump might say, look, my party, yes, we lost the House, but my party gained seats in the Senate. It's going to be at least one, possibly two. There's a runoff election in Mississippi. They could possibly uh, have a two-seat advantage um, post the midterms as a result. If the Democrats win, that would only be one. Yeah. So he might say, as we were talking about earlier, he might say, look, the Democrats won the House, but my party has the Senate. Twenty Republicans aren't going to go across me. I fire Mueller, what do you got? Because like, Trump doesn't care how things look. Trump just kind of does things. So yeah. Donald Trump recently fired his attorney general, Jeff Sessions. Mm -hmm. A lot of people believe that. I happen to believe it as well. He got rid of Jeff Sessions um, to put someone he believes is more sufficiently loyal as attorney general who can ax the Mueller pro or at least stifle it. Lower the scope of it. What is expected um, from money. from that? From the, like what? Is, like what is the end result from that? Like what is in there? Like what's that bombshell? People are hoping that's in there. And you know that's another great question. What is the bombshell? Right. So, I mean, look, 
I'm not one of these people who believes that there's going to be that Mueller report that says Trump colluded with Russia. Uh-huh. I think ultimately what's going to happen is you're going to find out, and it's not, it's not, it doesn't mean that they didn't. It's just you don't have that one-to-one Trump, you know, emailing Putin about, <laughs> you know, like, hey, Vlad, help me out. You know, you're, you're not going to have that because, A, Donald Trump doesn't use anything digital like he doesn't well, other than twitter yeah. other than twitter he doesn't email he doesn't text he he doesn't do any of that stuff you might he, he might be in, in putin's dms though <laughs> <laughs> he, he might be if you saw some of those pictures from paris he might be um so i think that the answer to that will largely be inconclusive right like Yes, there's a lot of smoke around this. You know, the Don Jr. meeting in Trump Tower. There's people like Michael Flynn who, you know, were in Russia, you know, giving a speech at RT, uh, Russia Today. Um, You you have Paul Manafort, the former campaign manager, doing work for pro-Russian parties in Ukraine who wound up being Donald Trump's campaign manager. You have lots of really sketchy things. Yeah. You have Roger Stone possibly connecting with WikiLeaks. I think the next shoot to drop is likely around Roger Stone getting indicted, his associates getting indicted. But is there going to be that clear evidence Donald Trump colluded with the Russians? I don't know. If there is the clear evidence that sure. would that reopen, that, that, he he nothing would happen. I think that's right, Frankie. Unfortunately, I think that we are such a country that you see what you want to see. Yeah. And our midterm elections came out where the Democrats can come out and say, we won, we got the House. The, Demo- the Republicans can come out and say, we got the Senate. You could look at the same thing and get two different opinions on it. Yeah. So Republicans can look at it and say, no matter what it says, they'll just say, he's innocent. Yeah. And if if... Unless 20 Republicans in the Senate cross over, because let's say Mueller comes out with a report and it basically says what I said. It's kind of inconclusive. There were a lot of shady ties around it. We can't prove the one-to-one connection, Trump and Russia, but there's a lot of bad things that happen. The Democrats will probably impeach him in the House. But where do you get 20 Republican votes to come over? You maybe you can give I can give you five or 10, but you need 20 that's, that's the Where number. are you going to get them? You'll be okay. You're going to need 20, possibly 21. If the Mississippi Senate, if the Mississippi runoff, that that's I think the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. If the Democrats win that one, I think they'll be up to 47 seats. Assuming the Florida recount doesn't, I think that the Florida recount is going to stay with the Republicans. You think so? I think so. I, I I just don't see enough. I just I could be wrong. I just don't see that there are enough votes. Um, that are still coming in in Broward and Palm Beach that are really going to change it. Yeah. I think it's it might be a little closer than initially projected, but I think th- my guess is that the Republicans hold on to Florida. So if that's the case, and even under the best-case scenario where the Democrats win the Mississippi runoff, you're at 47. You need 20 Republicans to come, come across, possibly 21 if the Mississippi Senate race goes the other way. Where are 21 Republicans who have shown you no signs that they have any interest in checking anything Donald Trump does, that you're going to vote to remove him. I just don't see it. So who is um, still looking around in 2020? Is there any kind of front runners right now for who's going to... Asking all the right questions, Frankie. That's is, a great question. Is like, so, all right, so like, obviously there has to be like this, 
this white knight type of character right to take down trump uh, as of right now is there any favorites sure so right now so part of why maybe democrats and i i saw this take quite a bit in in political punditry world was part of why the democrats it might not feel as great as it did even though they won the house was because they didn't emerge from tuesday with a clear front runner there were three really big national figures for democrats who all wound up losing the 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 democratic nominee for governor in florida andrew gillum the democratic nominee for governor in arizona in uh, georgia stacy abrams and the senate nominee from texas beto o'rourke beto they all three lost yeah. And there was maybe some belief within the Democratic Party, within the world, that if in political world, that if one of those three were able to pull off an upset in Georgia, Florida, or Texas, that they would immediately emerge as the favorite to 2020. Now, they all lost. So that probably de- throws cold water on any of them immediately running for president. Mm-hmm. So you have a bunch of people, you know, somebody I look at as a, as a possible... Um, as a possible, he, who had a good night on Tuesday was Sherrod Brown. He was reelected senator in Ohio. Ohio is a state that the same night uh, they elected um, they elected a Republican governor. He got reelected as a Democrat in Ohio. Yeah. Ohio is a very important state politically. It's historically considered a swing state. I think it's now trending more towards the Republicans. But the fact that he was able to win on Tuesday add some more clout if he's popular in ohio chances are he's popular in pennsylvania michigan wisconsin if he can again if he can win those three states so he's somebody who i think the democrats may look to uh kamala harris the senator out of california um you know perhaps the the governor-elect in in california gavin newsom um tammy duckworth out of illinois you have possibly joe biden who might run elizabeth warren the senator from uh massachusetts um would, is there, uh, is there going to be Bernie Sanders may give it a go again? Okay, I was going to ask that. Is, is that going to be a thing, or is it, or is it too old in a sense now? Trump is the oldest guy ever to win, <laughs> oh, and yeah. I don't think the voters care as much. So, and look, I didn't even scratch the surface on like, as I think there's probably going to be about 20 Democrats who are going to run. Hmm. And you made a you made a great point about the white knight kind of coming in on a steed and say, <laughs> no. But here's the thing: at this point, you don't want to be the front runner because it's like if you are, somebody's going to knock you out before people actually get to voting. Yeah. So look, nobody knew Barack Obama was going to be who he was. Nobody knew Trump was going to do what he did. Yeah. You almost it's kind of better to come out in you know late in the game and kind of ride in on that white horse, if you will. Okay, so okay. The, the Democrats didn't really emerge from last week with a clear-cut favorite. All right. Well, that's Unless good. they want to look to Joe Biden again, I don't know. The, uh, the, the memes are in, are in his favor. <laughs> <laughs> of him getting ice cream with Barack Obama? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, like, say what you say about Obama. Like, he's, just, he's a well-liked guy. Like, he, yeah. He, even, com- even the hardcore conservatives, you know, Obama, Obama was a great guy. Like, compared to what we have now, he's... <laughs> well, I think a lot of hardcore conservatives, you, you got to go on some websites. He's probably not the greatest. You got you to gotta check out certain news outfits. They don't think Barack Obama's a great guy. Oh, but man. Your point is well taken. I mean, Barack Obama was just a high-character individual. He's a gentleman. Yeah, oh, my God, absolutely, yeah, yeah. the highest order. You definitely would invite him over for, for pizza, I think. Absolutely. I'd love that wow. pizza with Barack Obama. <laughs> Um, but all right. Well, that's that's our episode then for today. 
Um, and unless you want to add some something, some other things. What do I want to add, Frankie? I mean, um, you, you want to advertise your own your podcast? Oh yeah, I do a podcast in my family called the Past is Prime Podcast. Okay, so Thank what you. was that? Was that about? Well, it's uh, it started because uh, my father kind of always wanted to be a sports radio guy, mm-hmm. and uh, he had mentioned he wanted to do a podcast. And as soon as um, you know, he had mentioned that I, um, me and my brothers and my sister, we just said we will support you because you've supported us and everything else. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So we do that. We talk mostly sports, but we got some entertainment. We go on all types of different shenanigans. We try to stay away from the politics a little bit to, <laughs> to maybe draw some more people into the tent. But uh, so, so you probably guys have a, some hot takes about the Yankees, um, who they should sign, if they should sign Machado. Well, what do you got? Who do you got? I think they should sign Machado. Uh, we need him because uh, because Didi's hurt. Um, so what would he play with the Yankees? He would he, play. Uh, he'd be our shortstop for now. You think and so? And then uh, scoot over to third once Didi uh, feels good. Um, Harper's is going to be too much money. The, uh, the, right. uh, I don't know right. if you read in the news. Uh, he um, he had a contract for $300 million, I believe, for 10 years. So $30 million a year for 10 years and he went to nationals and he rejected it. he was like nah is that your salary to do the show <laughs> 300 million did i didn't know it was that much to do the past to do uh sorry to do uh adult <laughs> kindergarten yeah no no so if, if that's ridiculous if someone you know would turn down that type of money um so i don't know he's he, he's asking for a huge price scott boris the agent he's the he's the devil i think, <laughs> I think no i think bryce harper is a little overrated yeah, personally, it is two 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 ninety four uh, average. Doesn't hasn't performed in the playoffs. And I, I don't know. I don't and I think the Yankees have some good outfielders. You have Judge and you have Stanton. You know, you you just signed Brett Gardner. Um, I don't know. When I said Stanton, you did. What's your feeling on him? No, no, no. I mean, Stanton is more of a of a, of a DH. I really don't consider him. As oh, a, okay, as an, interesting. As an outfielder. Yeah, he's not not really the best defensively. I guess. I'm sorry you guys lost to the Red Sox. That's rough. Yeah, it is rough. As a Yankee fan. I mean, and you're also a New Yorker through and through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it, it was tough. And it it was tough seeing them win the whole thing. Um, I thought, I I honestly thought, because the bullpen was struggling so much with, with, um, with, during the New York series, that there's no way in hell they were going to beat Houston. But they did it. And I was like, well, there's no way in hell they're going to beat the Dodgers. And they did it. So I'm like, wow. It's kind of like Trump. They said he was never going <laughs> to win the primary. They said yeah. he was never going to win the election. Well, he kept doing it. So. Yeah, yeah. But hey, man, uh, hey. It, it was been, it's been a pleasure having it's you here. Pleasure. Let's uh, do another one of these. Yeah, soon. yeah, of course. Um, once again, audience, this is uh, Franklin Contreras um, with Adult Kindergarten, and uh, this is Steve Dizador. Check out his podcast, uh, Past His Prime. You can find it on Spotify, Apple, Spotify, Apple. Google Play. Shout Perfect. out to Anchor. Shout out to Frankie, by the way, for helping us get the whole thing set yes, up. Yes, with the sponsor with Anchor. Um, you guys, you guys have been great. And yeah, um, love you, love you. See you guys soon. Bye-bye. Good way. Goodbye. Goodbye.